Hello and welcome to the Wild Cornwall podcast. On today's episode, we're talking all about the incredible humpback whales, which, if you're lucky, you can spot off the coast of Cornwall. Before 2019, we did not have regular sightings of humpback whales in the southwest. I would never have recommended coming here to look for humpback whales at all. I would be saying go to other countries. These amazing mammals are about the size of a bus and undertake some of the longest migrations of any mammal. Humpback whales can be found in all of the oceans of the world, but in the last few years have been increasingly spotted in Cornwall. I spoke with two Cornwall Wildlife Trust volunteers who are absolutely passionate about humpback whales. We'll find out all about these amazing animals, what it's like to catch a glimpse of one, and where you might go to have the best chance of a sighting. When I heard that they were off our coast, I thought, I've got to go and try and see some. Brenda is a Sequest volunteer who is an avid humpback whale spotter, and she gave us some top tips on spotting humpbacks in Cornwall. Hi Brenda, thanks so much for joining us on the World Cornwall podcast today. And in this show, we're talking about humpback whales. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And let's just start with, why are we talking about this in the middle of January? Because over the past few years, we've realised that the winter in Cornwall is actually humpback whale season. So from about November to about March, um, there were quite a few sightings of humpback whales around the Cornish coast. Okay. And, and before we get into thinking about how you can spot humpbacks and other marine wildlife, can we just hear a little bit about your story with humpback whales? How did you get into this and what's your voluntary role with Cornwall Wildlife Trust? Okay, so since 2017 I've been volunteering for the Sequest Southwest project um, and this came about because I always wanted to see dolphins. Um, so for years I'd walked along the Cornish coast path and met lots of people who said, have you seen the dolphins? And I hadn't. Um, we went on boat trips and the skippers would say, you should have been on this morning strip because we had dolphins. And my dad didn't see them. So in 2016, I spotted my first dolphins off St. Michael's Mount. And I've been obsessed ever since. So to start with, we used to put our sightings into the Sea Watch Foundation. And then the more we did it, the more we saw and we thought we'd like to contribute to something a bit more local. So we saw the Cornwall Wildlife Trust uh, Sequest Southwest pro project, so we signed up to do our training in 2017. So we watch the sea um, and report what we do or what we don't see. So as part of that, that's how we, we found out that, that there's so much wildlife out there, so much marine megafauna to be seen, you just need to go and look for it. And it's become a massive part of your life ever since then. Um, obsessive, I think, is the, <laughs> is, is the best description. So, yeah, if, if it's not pouring down with rain and we haven't got other things, we can usually be, be found on top of a cliff, right. looking out with a pair of binoculars and hoping to see something. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it's absolutely... Yeah, there's nothing better. Nothing better. So let's talk about humpback whales. What makes them such special creatures? I, I think because I can remember watching on TV, so Jack Cousteau, black and white TV, 
and seeing these whales and thinking, wow. And thinking, you know, they were other parts of the world, never thought they'd be in Cornwall at all. And when I heard that they were off our coast, I thought, I've got to go and try and see, see some. Um, and there it, there it comes, you know, that's how it happens, mm. that, that you get caught up in the whole thing. So, and what, what, why are they coming to Cornwall? What's, what's this migration about, do we think? So, we think that they're here to feed. So, through um, sightings reported off Cornwall, but in also other parts of the UK as well, we are building up a picture and we think there's a migration route between Iceland and Cape Verde, where the breeding grounds are. So, whales that we see here are possibly on that migration route so they're po possibly stopping off to feed they may be juveniles that aren't breeding yet so they're just they're doing part of the journey one of the whales that were seen this year off falmouth was actually seen photographed off falmouth on the 6th of june of this year and then off the isle of Skye on the 26th of july which seems like it's coming down here it's not going to do the full migration um, and then it's going back up to maybe to feed off of Scotland and then hopefully come back again. But we don't know yet. Yeah, the point is we don't know exactly what nope. we're doing. <laughs> no. But all of this work you're doing is, is helping to find out why. Yeah, so any sightings that anybody sees, so it doesn't matter whether you're a, a volunteer or, you know, anything like that. Any pictures, videos, any evidence that we can gather will help to build up a picture of what is going on. Yeah. And do we know what they like to eat? We assume small bait fish. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a, a video off St Ives last year where somebody put a drone up and they hovered over lots of feeding gannets and you could see a massive shoal of bait fish underneath. There were dolphins driving the fish in, there were gannets raining in from above and then a humpback whale came through the middle of it. So. Wow. We're assuming, I mean, it's it's Blue Planet, <laughs> it's Blue Planet stuff. So we're assuming they're coming to pick up the bait fish. Mm. So so what what um, about you and the, the humpbacks you've seen? What's that been like? Tell us, tell us about when you first saw one. Okay, so uh, in November 2020, so bear in mind that's after lockdown. So we hadn't, obviously, we weren't allowed out. So there was a report that there were humpback, at least one humpback, possibly two humpbacks, that were hanging around Porthcurno, uh, Le Morna, Land's End. So walked down, uh, parked up at um, Treen, walked out to Logan Rock. So it was muddy, it was freezing cold, got out there, there were quite a few other Sequest volunteers out there as well and somebody got a phone call about five minutes later to say it'd been seen off Senon. So back across the muddy field into the car, drive to Land's End, <laughs> um, sat on the freezing cold cliff and spotted this big blow in the middle of the bay which was really exciting um, and really visible and then you saw the arch of the back go over and it was it was mad. It was mad to see it. You think, oh my, you know, there's a humpback whale. That particular humpback um, 
well, it turned out there were two, was seen quite a few times, although the second animal was never ID'd. All the photographs were of the one animal. Um, and it was seen regularly. And then we went back into lockdown. So right, we don't okay. know what happened to it. Yeah. So it could have been around for another month or so. But because we were in another lockdown, we didn't. We had no way, we of, knowing. No way of knowing. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time. The next day, I was out again. Um, we went to Land's End this time. And then the call came through that the humpback was at Mausel. <laughs> so... <laughs> We decided to go back to Logan Rock in the hope that it might come along there. And we we did see blows. We didn't see the whale, but we did see blows that were consistent with humpback whale blows. Amazing. So, and possibly three animals that time. So. And ever since then, you've seen more of them over the last few years? Yeah. Um, so 2020, we saw them five times. 2021, just before we went back into lockdown, we saw one off Land's End um, and it breached. So wow. it launched itself out of the water. I missed it because I was talking to somebody behind me. My husband had it fully in the middle of his camera and forgot to press the shutter button until it landed. So we've got a lovely picture of a splash. Uh, 2022, we didn't see any. Uh, 2023, so last year, was a really good year. Uh, we had multiple sightings from the 24th of January to uh, 17th of December. And what's it like when you see one? Uh, th- thrilling. I think it's really, really exciting to see them because it, it just seems a bit surreal that they're here, really. So actually... This Sunday, we were lucky enough to see one about three miles from where I grew up. Um, And it was low light, so it was after the sun had set, but the sea was so calm that you could see where the whale was going to surface because the the water would look slightly disturbed. And then the whale would surface. You didn't see the blow because the light wasn't right, but you could actually see the prints on the water where the fluke had been so the, the fluke is the tail. So I'd been going up and down. So it creates a little print on the top of the water and you could actually see it, which is... Very, very special. Very special. Um, we saw one in December off Gwythian. So it wasn't very good conditions. It was a bit misty, it was a bit murky, but we saw the whale blowing in St Ives Bay. Um, I was in contact with a few friends who were over at St Ives Island who were watching out for it, who didn't see it. So trying to coordinate where the whale was so that they could also see it. Uh, And I just turned to my husband and I said, it just needs to breach so they can see it. And it did. Almost like it heard you. Almost like it heard me. So (laughs) three times it launched itself out of the water, creating a massive splash, which was... Yeah, so I did see it breach that time. And how, how big do they get? You know, what size are we talking well, about? Um, about, well, it depends whether in metric or imperial. So metric males range from about 11 to 15 metres and females from 12 to, 15, uh, 12 to 16 metres. So 
36 to 52 feet. Yeah, so pretty huge. It's pretty huge. To see. Yeah. yeah. Although, a word of caution, when you see a humpback whale, it doesn't always launch itself out of the water. Yeah. You might not see <laughs> an awful lot. Let's let's get on to that then. In, in terms of your your top tips for you know how someone who's listening to this and thinks oh, I want to go and see one, what what are the few things you would say that you would recommend that they do? Okay, so if you're looking out to sea and you're looking for marine wildlife, don't don't look for it. Which sounds bonkers, but don't look for anything specific. Look for a whale blow will show if the sun is illuminating it or um, y- y- the light's right. So you'll see a big bushy blow with a, with a humpback. Having said that, if it's in shallow water, it won't blow very, very hard. You might not, you might not see it. Um, so humpback whale blows are quite bushy. They start off quite low and quite bushy. Um, and then you'll see a black shape roll through the water. So when they when they surface, they don't always arch over. Sometimes they come up quite flat, and you'll see the hump, which gives it its name, about two thirds of the way back the whale, and a small dorsal fin on the top. Okay. If you're lucky, you'll see it as it arches. It will come. Its tail will come out of the water, so that you'll see the fluke. But they don't always do that. So. Okay. And what about where to go? keep an eye on news reports so previous years they've tended to be around Land's End, Porthcurnow down that sort of way this year they seem to be there's one at the moment that seems to be hanging around sort of Trevose Headway, Trevose Head Newquay St Ives has been a really good area for humpback whales this year as well so I guess it's where they're finding the food Although there have been reports of some towards Porthcurno. So I think at the weekend there were possibly four humpback whales around Cornwall. Okay. So it's keeping an eye on news reports. Yes. And when you go, I presume, wrap up very warm because Uh, you might be there for a while. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you could be there for a while and not see anything. But yeah, be prepared. So we've learnt over the years to put plenty of layers on. So And be prepared to wait. if you if you're going watching and you see anybody with a telescope or a pair of binoculars ask them what they're looking at because we'll be happy to share so if there's a whale there we'll be happy to point it out or dolphins or porpoises um but yeah just scan so don't look for anything in particular just scan the area a you know a decent pair of binoculars will stand you in good stead if you're going to do sea watching um, and just keep keep scanning. Something will catch your eye. So it might be a splash. It might be a blow. It might be a glint of sunlight, if we're lucky. Um, it might be just a disturbance in the water. Uh, but the more you watch the sea, the more you recognise, you know, what's there and what looks different. Pick your binoculars up and have a better look. Great. And Brenda, you've named a humpback whale. T- tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so we we saw a, a whale off Senon. Um, and actually, it was feeding in the same place as we'd seen one the previous year. Um, there's a, a reef just off Senon. 
um, and there's a deep channel which we assume where is where the whale was feeding. So managed to get a photo uh, and sent it, sent it in, and then realised uh, through looking at pictures on social media that it was the same whale that was seen in St Ives a few weeks before. And then we saw it again, it had gone back to St Ives. So Dan Jarvis, uh, who decided he was going to do a, a photo ID catalogue, um, put this information together and then asked a few of the volunteers if they'd like to name a whale. So that was the one that we were given the opportunity, me and my husband were given the opportunity to name it. So Senan, S-E-N-A-N, is the saint that the village of Senan was named after. So that's what we called it. Lovely. Yeah. And um, tell us a little bit about, if anyone's listening to this and wants to take this further, um, wants to, to help with marine megafauna recording in, in Cornwall, and Sequest, what, what would they do? Okay, so if you want to go and have a look, so eat the, there are a number of marine groups around Cornwall and they meet for Sequest Sunday on the first Sunday of each month from 11 to 1. Uh, the Sequest Southwest project run a public sea watch every third Sunday of the month at various locations around Cornwall. So check out their Facebook page and it'll say where they are. Um, you can also, if you decide that that's, that's for you, you can do your Sequest training and that training will help you to be able to identify what you've seen and also give you information how to submit your sightings. So they do different types of sightings. So it can be an ad hoc sighting and you can put your sightings on the AUKS app to the ERCIS database or you can do EFA-based um, surveys which means you sit and watch watch the sea for two hours and then you submit what you do or you don't see. Well Brenda thanks for all you do when are you next out on the coast path watching? Oh, it depends what the weather's like. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda mentioned Dan Jarvis who has started a photo ID project on humpback whales. I spoke with Dan to find out more. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Can you can we start by just telling us what what you do for a day job with the British Divers Marine Life Rescue? What, what's uh, what's your role involve? Uh, yeah, of course. So my day to day role is as the director of welfare and conservation at BDWR. So that is a national role uh, that I do. Um, so that's where most of my time ends up. Uh, I also volunteer as the area coordinator for Cornwall and the Isles of Scilly, so um, pretty much everything that's sort of happening in our sphere um, in this part of the world goes through me in that respect as well, with marine mammals in distress around our coastline. So what, what are the, the highs and lows of the work that you're involved with? Uh, oh yeah, it's so varied. Um, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a roller coaster sometimes, really. So at the moment, winter, we're in the midst of our grey seal rescue season, so we're really, really busy with that, and we've got loads of great volunteers who are going out checking uh, young seals that are on the beaches that may or may not be okay, and the ones that aren't, we bring in for rehabilitation. 
Um, and then, well, for the animals that are, we can let them go again. We can monitor them in situ, protect them from disturbance, that sort of thing as well. But then we also have stranded cetaceans uh, that have come up for various reasons as well. And we need to deal with those too. And uh, we can either refloat them or if not, then we have to make a welfare decision and put them to sleep if they're not suitable to take care of themselves if they're put back in the sea. Well, today we're, we're thinking about uh, humpback whales and um, this this is all a really exciting area and you're particularly involved with um, the, the photo ID project. I wonder if you could just tell us about what that's all about and, and how it all began. Yeah, of course. So this began uh, sort of in the last sort of two, two and a half years or so. Um, so I um, sort of as another sort of separate-ish side project, uh, edit the baleen whale section of the annual Southwest Marine Ecosystems Conference uh, webinar and report. Uh, and that's a really fantastic um, scheme that's been going for, for uh, 10, 12, if not more years now uh, across uh, this region to try and pull together experts in various different fields, including plankton and oceanography and seabirds and marine mammals and so on and so forth. So we can report back on what's happened in the previous year so we can identify trends that are happening across their specialist areas, uh, find new collaborations and just get that bigger picture of what's happening just generally around the southwest with different species and habitats and so on which is fantastic um so it kind of came about through that because back in 2019 or so we suddenly started getting an uptick in humpback whale sightings and we had our first animal identified uh, as well uh, which was really exciting and it's just grown from there and because i happen to be the editor of the baleen whale section uh, it kind of fell in my lap and I was encouraged very much to start an identification catalogue of these whales, which I'm now doing as a volunteer under the banner of Cornwall Wildlife Trust and the Sequest Scheme. Can I just get that right? In 2019, that was the first sighting. And before that, there that, were no sightings. We had occasional sightings before that. Uh, but 2019 was the first year that we had a humpback whale that turned up and was seen uh, on more than one occasion. It was seen on a few occasions and that animal was actually already known from sightings in Ireland as well. Um, so that was where a lot of the excitement and the interest came from. And as news of that spread and people started sort of looking back at old photos um, uh, that they'd taken of humpbacks over the previous decade or so, they started to re-emerge. And now there's so much more connectedness thanks to social media and so on. We were able to link up a couple more whales uh, in international catalogues that had actually been seen here long, a long time ago um, and started making more connections that way. And then the following winter, suddenly we had a couple of whales that turned up and stayed around for three months or so and were being seen regularly. So we started tracking them around the coast amongst the Sequest volunteers and that's where things started out from and now it's happening every winter um, and this hasn't happened before. Uh, it's really exciting. The whales are turning up every winter uh, for long periods of time um, and some of those whales are coming back every year as well. Uh, so that's also really exciting too. So it sounds like there's been a, a huge amount of gain of information from the Photo ID project. Yeah, there definitely has. And we're still sort of trying to really make a lot of sense out of what's been going on out in the environment. Certainly, 
humpback whale populations are recovering from the effects of uh, whaling over the last couple of centuries. And it uh, seems probable that they're returning to old habitats that they used to have inhabited a long time ago before we started killing them off on mass. So um, it's really great for them that they're coming back to these areas, we believe, uh, for that reason. But we also have to think is there an element of climate change in here? Because we're so well aware that there are a number of other species that are shifting their range and their distribution because of sea temperature change and whether food is based, like basking sharks, for example. We used to have loads and loads of those through the summer, and now we barely get a dozen sightings a year of them, and they're just one-off sightings, usually of individual animals. They've moved north. So we, we, we do have you know, that in the back of our minds, that part of the reason the humpbacks are here now is because the food source they rely on is now more plentiful here anyway. And that's another reason that they're coming here, not just a population increase. But through the humpback photo identification work, it can give us a better idea of which whales are turning up, if we can get a bit more information on whether they're adults or juveniles. Um, if we get lucky, we might even identify some as male and female because we don't know that for pretty much all of them at the moment. Um, it can give us more insight into what's happening with these particular animals that are visiting here, where they're coming from um, and where they're going. So it sounds like there's a there's both an element of real positivity in terms of ending whaling practices has has genuinely led to much more in the way of sightings. Equally, a, a note of concern and caution about um, climate change and the reality and the, the real impacts we're seeing with, with humpbacks and, and basking sharks as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, humans have had such a massive impact on nature over the last several hundred years and, of course, more so in the most recent sort of century uh, with industrialisation and so on and, and humans population becoming so much bigger, so much quicker, uh, and, and our impact just exponentially increases along with that. Um, and we're all well aware of the impacts of climate change if we don't curb our carbon emissions and so on and so forth. So it's um, it, it already has been changing what's been happening in the environment for a long time on its own with that particular thing. But when you add in things like overfishing and whaling and um, uh, bycatch and entanglement in marine litter and all these other things, you know, there's, there's so many other impacts that cumulatively still impact them today on a massive scale. How, how could someone get involved in the Photo ID project? Yeah, it's, it's so easy to get involved. All we're asking for is if people out there have photos of humpback whales from around southwest England to send them in and report them to Cornwall Wildlife Trust's sighting scheme. Uh, that information can then get passed on to me with the photos to look and match in our identification catalogue. And if we've just got some of the um, key data like date, location, uh, maybe some information on its behaviour, whether it was just travelling or actively feeding, um, was it feeding in association with common dolphins or gannets, for example, uh, or was it doing something really exciting like uh, breaching or pectoral fin slapping, which we've recorded a number of times now as well here? Um, that's all really useful for us to understand what the whales are doing, what habitats they're using here in the southwest specifically. Um, 
and from what we know already, actually, we can say certainly the far west of Cornwall is a really popular place. So going from uh, sort of Mounts Bay around the Lands End Peninsula, St Ives Bay seems to be a quite a popular place as well. But they're also popping up in other locations too. So just in the last week, we've had whales spotted uh, north of Newquay going up towards Padstow. Uh, we've had animals around on the south coast as well. And uh, again, for instance, last summer, uh, we had a couple of sightings of them in Falmouth Bay down towards the Lizard. Um, and we've had sightings off South Devon in the past as well. So that's all been really, really interesting to know. And additionally, at the Isles of Scilly, where we've also been seeing quite a focus of humpback whale sightings in the last few winters, um, there are, it seems, specific areas that they're using there. So the, the Eastern Isles, the south side of St Mary's, the channel between there and St Agnes has been popular. Um, so getting an idea of where these animals are using can help inform conservation in the future if there are projects that might potentially impact them uh then as well so all of this information is really really helpful but also if we're able to identify these individuals and find out that we've got the same ones coming back every year uh where else they're going are they having calves potentially um you know there's still a lot we need to find out about them but we're on the tip of the iceberg at the moment and i'm sure we can discover a lot more and if there's more people sending in information that's just going to help no end you sound incredibly passionate about this this work it feels like it's it's at the core of your being <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, it's just kind of fallen into my lap I didn't plan to do it but it's just become so fascinating because we're in the unknown now before 2019 we did not have regular sightings of humpback whales in the southwest I would never have recommended coming here to look for humpback whales at all I would be saying go to other countries other parts of the UK like the far north of Scotland Shetland where there have been for the last few years before that, or Southwest Island, which has been a very popular place for them in the last uh, sort of 10, 15 years or something. But now I could quite confidently say, if you want to see a humpback whale in Southwest England, go to the west of Cornwall through winter. Um, if you've got good conditions and you're lucky, perhaps a little bit lucky, uh, you might get to see uh, a humpback traveling around the coast. And they, they do come quite close in, so they can be quite readily seen by eye as well. You don't need binoculars, you don't need massive cameras just to see them. So they are, uh, you know, accessible to everybody to see. And, and when you see one, is it still just as exciting for you as it, as it was the first time you ever did? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I, I desperately need to get a decent camera so I can actually start getting some good photos for ID myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, just sort of seeing some of the different behaviours that they're doing is uh, really interesting. Just now over Christmas, between Christmas and New Year, I saw humpback whale breaching for the first time off Gwydion uh, twice in the space of a few days, which was just fabulous. Wow. Uh, you know, and uh, I mean, it was a really long way out, so, <laughs> but you could still see it even at that distance, uh, which was brilliant. Um, but uh, but yeah, you, you, you know, it is just absolutely fascinating work. And it, it's um, yeah, a real privilege to be able to help start putting these things together now that it's happening. Well, Dan, thank you for all that you're doing uh, in a voluntary capacity for, for Corner Wildlife Trust Sequest. And um, for, for all that you're doing for, for whales and, and for other marine life. Thank you. To find out more about humpback whales, 
how to spot them in Cornwall and the ID project. Follow the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening.